Welcome to All in San Diego. Today we're going to be talking to one of our all-time favorite San Diegans, Sam the Cooking Guy. Sam is a part of a real gem here in San Diego, the Little Italy Food Hall. He's going to give you a virtual tour of the food hall that's going to make you want to jump in your car and head there right now, and he'll give you some great insights into all of Little Italy as well. Here we go. Join us as we go all in on Little Italy with Sam the Cooking Guy. Sam, thank you for taking the time to join us, my friend. Aaron and Sarah, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Is is that what it says on my screen? No, it's what it said in your email. Ah, yes. Well, that's what the A and AJ is for. Um, When I say busy, I mean, you've got another cookbook coming out. I can't Mm. wait to talk about it. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yes. Can't wait to do that. Uh, The YouTube channel is on fire. And at this point, one in every five restaurants in San Diego is owned by Sam. Okay. 100% (laughs) not true at all. Well, you are a perfect guest for this show because it's all about the people and places that make San Diego awesome. You are yeah. one of those people, so you check off that box. Yeah. And you are a big participant in an up-and-coming place. Everyone knows about Legoland and Balboa Park and the zoo. But this Little Italy food hall is mm. something that a lot of people are missing out on, and it's so freaking cool. You know, I'm so surprised. Hey, look, I mean, I, I, I'm here all the time, but I'm surprised when... People will say to me, well, where's your restaurant? And I go to Little Italy. They go, where? And I go in the uh, Little Italy food hall. There's the piazza. They closed up Date Street and made it a pedestrian plaza. I have not been to Little Italy in years. And I think Little Italy is such a great part. Look, we forget that it's good to play tourist in your own town. Yes. That I think we all need to do. But revisit Balboa Park, you know. Go to the beach. Holy crap. How many people live, you know, 15, 20 minutes from the beach here and never go. We take it for granted. Well, you drive by Little Italy when you're going to the downtown area or to the airport and you see Mona Lisa's Deli and you know the two or three places that you've gone to a few times, but you have to go kind of all the way to the other end to find this gem, this food hall, which is unlike anything that had been in San Diego previous to it, right? Uh, I'm trying to think where there are other... Yeah, no, the Liberty Station had a food hall. Sure. That's true. I think what makes makes it interesting, um, you guys, is that the the Piazza della Familia, if we're going to use the proper term, which Impressive. which used to be Date Street between India and Colombia, is now this Piazza. There's a fountain that I say looks like somebody went to Italy and stole a fountain and brought it back and rebuilt it here. It's the only spot in San Diego that you can drink alcohol outside in public. Uh, it has to be from one of two restaurants on the piazza happens to be you the can't one just bring a flask you can't just bring <laughs> okay <laughs> post Let's up with clear. a case of beer and a cooler <laughs> yeah no you can't bring you can't take away from the piazza it has to come from you know either either of the food hall locations but it is so nice it is so sophisticated it is so lovely there's music on weekends there's umbrellas there's tons of tables it's one of the reasons why our restaurants did okay during the pandemic because before all these little parklets started getting built, we had outdoor tables that could be sat at and food mm-hmm. consumed. But it's really, really nice. I mean, pre-pandemic, there was a guy that would come, sort of a 
I don't know, he was probably 70 and he's saying like Sinatra and Dean Martin kind of stuff. And he had this uh -huh. big following of Italian women and they'd post up in a whole bunch of tables and it was charming AF. And then there's, you know, there's other stuff that comes from time to time, different kind of music outside of Gray's or one of our restaurants down there. There's, you know, we have a saxophone guy that comes and guitar and Friday nights are great. We love it. Music and lots of fun and lots of people and the tables are all separated to be socially distant and responsible. And it's a really nice spot. And you stand in the middle of the piazza and you look west and you see palm trees and then you see ocean and you see boats and just come discover the city if you haven't done it before. And I'm not saying just, just little Italy to, to come to, you know, the piazza and our restaurants. I'm saying Coronado, if you've not been for a long time, doesn't get much better. But don't you think that that piazza, don't you feel like it's one of those few places in San Diego where you get there and you park and once you get into the center of it, you feel transported. You really feel like, wow, like, am I even in San Diego anymore? Yeah. I, I had a, a woman the other day say, you know, they're from La Mesa. They hadn't been for a long time to Little Italy and certainly never been to the piazza. And we're standing talking. She goes, the feeling here is just so very different from everywhere else. I go, see, it's a, it's a great thing. Discover your city, ladies and gentlemen. We should start that campaign. Like La Mesa. I'm in love with La Mesa. I love downtown La Mesa. Quite honestly, that's the entire intent of this podcast is to, you know, introduce people to new places, but then take deep dives and inspire them to go no, back to the No, it's fantastic. It's a, great, it's a great idea. Well, that it's a great thing to do because we have so many gems. And I would like to point out that Sam said we have live music, not live music is going to come back someday. Because yes. when I clicked on your events calendar, there was stuff on it. Oh, absolutely. Doing yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And people want this. People are ready to flex their outdoor social muscles again. Yeah. Oh, you talk about, you know, feeling like you're transported. It, it does. Feel, you know, you go to Old Town and you feel like it's a different experience than a few blocks away. No, that's it. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about the Little Italy Food Hall is it solves a problem that you have, whether you're going out with your spouse of 15 years or taking someone on a first date, you don't have to agree on what you want to eat. No, how great You don't is have that? to have that debate. No. You want to have uh, Chinese food, a bowl of noodles from Main Street Asian, they're there. You want Ambrosio 15 pizza, arguably some of the best pizza, I think, in San Diego. Super thin, beautiful. The guys are from Milan. Oh, they wow. know their pizza. There's pizza snobs, which is, you know, you want a snob making your food, right? <laughs> yeah. There's wicked main lobsters in there. Baboy gelato. And of course, uh, Not Not Tacos is there. And then we just opened up uh, a couple months ago our second Sandburgers location. One's at well, Seaport Village and one's there. And Let's talk. Let's not assume people know how cool not not tacos is. Yeah. So let's, let's before we move on to Sam Burgers, yeah, the concept yeah. there is what? The concept there is not Mexican inspired tacos. Um, <laughs> and I think people look at me and they go, "The guy's a freaking racist. He hates Mexicans." <laughs> no, they I, don't. Trust me, I do not hate. Sam. Well, wait a second, Sarah. <laughs> we got a Yelp review. The woman said, "I don't know what her voice was what was, but I'll make up one." Yeah. You are making a, a, a direct quote. You are making a mockery of the Mexican oh. people by not making Mexican tacos. Oh. I was like, oh. what? I mean, so that doesn't even get a response. But I yeah. say this: I go. Part of the problem was she sounded Italian. I know. Which I makes yeah. 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 You've been spending but my, too much time. Okay, in I that picked piazza, the wrong accent. Okay. <laughs> I was just trying to make up one on the spot. I love it. 
I, I, and I say this, I go, look, we're in San Diego. We have some of the best Mexican food in the country. There is no question. We have, I don't think anybody can count the number of taco shops that we had, right? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, seriously. Plus, if we didn't have great Mexican food here, from, from the Little Hilly Food Hall to real Mexico, where the best Mexican food in the world is, is 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, so go a little further. <laughs> the last thing San Diego needed was a Jewish boy from Canada bringing Mexican tacos here. Let's, you right. know, I don't know. Let's totally. let's make something different. And yeah. so the stuff that we make are tacos. I mean, really, what do you need to make it a taco? You need a tortilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could put this this vehicle this wallet in a tortilla. It's still a taco. I mean, it's not going to be very good and hard to chew through, but it's still a taco. So the stuff that we have are things like Korean short rib and smoky pulled pork with macaroni and cheese. Um, Mm -hmm. We have a cheeseburger taco that, funny enough, whenever I'm with anybody and they try it, they go, oh, my God, it tastes just like a cheeseburger. I go, (laughs) that's why we called it that. We have a a Mediterranean lamb taco with tzatziki on the tortilla. Our tortillas are amazing. We have a mashed potato taco. Uh, oh my God, that one is so good. It's so good. It's the dumbest thing ever. Going, like, I know. It's mashed potatoes. Honestly, it's so freaking good. The dumbest, stupidest thing ever. Of course, it's served with potato chips on top because that's that's a requirement. You need some textural component to what would otherwise just be a fairly, you know, soft kind of taco. Mushy. Mushy, yeah. So um it, it's you have one with a flipping hot dog sticking out. No, of we it. do. We have a hot dog taco. What by the way, by the way. All it gets, it's so simple, but all it gets uh, is some yellow mustard and a New York style dirty water onions like you would get off of a, a hot dog cart in New York. It's That's amazing. Honestly, it's so damn good. Well, you've, it, I think you've it, listed it all of them except for my, my personal favorite, which is the pastrami taco. I was just going to say the pastrami. Oh, yes. Ridiculous. Yes. It's so good. It's got horseradish uh, and mustard in the coleslaw. There's uh, dill pickles on top of it. There's melted Munster cheese. We have a great pastrami. We finish on the flat top, so it starts to get crispy, and the fat melts a little bit, and then the cheese melts on top of that. It goes on. It's a crispy onions. It's really good. It's I named it after my grandfather, uh, Izzy. We call it the Izzy. Oh, my God. It's so good. So Nashville hot chicken taco. They're tacos that you normally wouldn't have, and we think they're great. So I, I hope you're picturing this as you're listening. You're out. You're outdoors now. You've got these amazing tacos in front of you. You're maybe chugging alcohol that you bought at one of the approved places. <laughs> chugging. chugging. Why are they well, chugging? Why do they, have, they have to be chugging? They haven't been out in a very long time, and they're enjoying. You're just intravenously taking your booze. <laughs> that is so funny. It's okay. magical. Under the stars. I mean, it's just a dream. No, under the stars is, I mean, look, it is a really, it's a, there's lights that go across the piazza. Nighttime, it's honestly, it's really beautiful. So, so you got to try not, not tacos. And then you have to come back a second time to try Sandburgers. And these are, I, I love this because you've had such a following on YouTube and you put up these burgers and people go nuts and now they can actually go try them. Yeah. Um, I've done, as you said, on YouTube, a lot of burgers. And every time we do 200, 300, 400,000, you know, views in not very much time. Wow. And so we said, let's take some of those burgers and, and put them down there. And so like, there's six different burgers you can get. There's the, the not so basic basic, which is kind of Shake Shack-ish like. There's a, a jalapeno, a teriyaki bacon, a blazing saddles that's a little bit spicy and 
double bacon cheddar. And anyway, so the point is you go in, you choose the burger you want, then you choose your protein. So you could say, I want the not so basic basic with, with the ground beef blend, which is, which is uh, chuck, brisket, and short rib, and so delicious. You could have ground chicken. We use chicken thighs, and honestly, our teriyaki bacon burger with the ground chicken patty is ridiculous. And I'm not saying that so you come. I'm saying that so that you, okay, well, yes, come have the burger, <laughs> but also think about a ground chicken as an option for home. Mm. The, the carnivores are going to be like, no freaking way, buddy, am I having that stupid chicken? But I'm telling you, it is so great. So there's also a ground salmon. And then, of course, we have Beyond. I shouldn't say, of course, but we have Beyond. But so you get a single, a double, fries, tot, you know, whatever. It's all good. We've got some great sides and tots. it's really fun. Yeah. Your really tots. Fun. Yeah. Our tots are great. I'm going to, before we move on to, to the book, which I, I, I think we're going to get an exclusive sneak peek at the next book. At least I'm calling it that because it's very, it makes it sound very. No, actually, I'm, as I'm uh, thinking about it now, I really can't see very much. Okay. Well, we won't move on. <laughs> but okay, that. but go ahead. But, uh, <laughs> but the one riddle you have to solve to get to the Little Italy Food Hall is... Yeah. Where do you park? What's the pro tip? Do you park from far away and walk? Is there? Sam's pro tip is you just move into a condo move right above condo, it. Yeah. So uh, you don't have to park there. Look, it's not simple. There is parking. You know, there's underground parking, a pay underground parking. It's actually pretty expensive right here at the food hall hmm. uh, below it. There's a parking structure two blocks away. Street parking, certainly at nights and on weekends is really at a premium. Right. The, the Little Italy Farmer's Market, which I think is arguably the best farmer's market in town. Oh, it's it Saturdays is. from like 8 a.m. to it's so 2. Good. It's five blocks long. It's really great. Saturdays, daytime, up to three is impossible to park. That being said, you know, you park a few blocks away and then you jump on a lime or you walk. It's not terrible. And if you, if, and if you haven't been down here, you get to walk through freaking Little Italy. Yeah, you pass restaurants and stores that sell all kinds of pasta and meats and cheeses and salamis and the stuff's hanging in the window. And this is the largest Little Italy. Wait for it, not in California, not in the Western United States, but in the country. And I know people are going to be like this. Hey, wait a minute now. These are no way that the Little Italy is the biggest one. The for sure is going to be Boston or the New York or that kind of thing. New York, not, yeah. You'd think, right? Those have maybe a, a much more storied past, much more sure. history in those Little Italys. But for size, this one kills. And the Little Italy Association, the LIA as we call them, have done a tremendous job of pushing this little Italy to the front, to making it well-known, to making it a great spot. I mean, they do a really good job here. It's always pristine too. I feel like every time I've gone, I've kind of wondered, do people just scurry around at night where, while we're all asleep and clean this place up? We also have the Little Italy Association and you'll see guys in blue uh, LIA shirts with orange vests. They're setting up things for the farmer's market. They're cleaning, they're changing the flags. They're putting lights up across the street. These yeah. are the little beavers in the background that make this place really spectacular. You can tell there's a real pride there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Real pride. You said it. Yeah. Get out and enjoy it. So no, uh, no details about the book? Well, here's the problem. The problem is uh, 
I would not give the name out sure. because A, it's not 100% cemented yet. And I think it's such a great name that I, I don't want to tease it before <laughs> I can show it on the book cover. Um, I can tell you the book will have a lot of what we do on YouTube. Uh, oh, cool. in it. A lot of the stuff in the channel will be there. It seems to be what the appetite is. You know, the last book, they've all, they're all different. There's no point in writing 12 dessert books, I guess. I mean, unless you're, that's your whole thing. But the first book was just random stuff that I liked. The second one was like shortcuts. The third one was a grilling book. The fourth one was this leftover book, you know, uh, recipes with intentional leftovers that would show you um, 20 main ingredients, like how to make a perfect roast chicken, how to cook a steak gorgeously, perfectly. So it's beautiful, medium, rare, wall to wall, top to bottom, end to inside to side kind of thing. But then what you do with those things when you've got some leftovers, what you turn that chicken into, right. uh, what you turn the steak into, that kind of stuff, you know, short ribs that become just, a, you know, all great stuff. Yeah. Love it. So the book is, yeah, sorry, just to finish, to cap that off, <laughs> things from YouTube. And that's not <laughs> okay. the name of the book because that's a horrible <laughs> name, actually. Well, that's great. That, that's, you were a very early adopter of YouTube. You know, you know what, how did you know that that was a place for you to be when you jumped on there? Truth is my friends, I would so like to take credit for it. Uh, it was my son, my oldest Max came one day and he said, so we've been on now YouTube 10 years. Wow. Max came and he said, oh, um, wow. I don't think I want to go to law school. So this is now he's 32. So he was 22. I finished, finished college had right. been accepted to law school here in San Diego. He'd written the, whatever that test is. Mm -hmm. He got in and he goes, I don't think I want to go to law school. Like, well, okay. Uh, what's the plan? He goes, I think I'd like to be part of what you do. And I go, I don't need a cook. I mean, he goes, no, I'm not that. <laughs> Cause I think what I see dad is I see TV starting to wind up and I see YouTube mm -hmm. getting huge. I think we could do that together. So we started 10 years ago doing a thing called the Sam Livecast that was, I think we were really early adopters of the pod, of the, the video podcast concept because it was part podcast, talking, right. people in the back that would come on screen, we'd discuss back and forth. And then about the halfway point, I would go in the kitchen, I would make something. Or I would start making something, and then it would go in the oven, then I'd come back and sit and we'd talk. Food stuff make fun of food network people, but also what went on with our days, you know, things that you talk about on a podcast. Right. So that started in, uh, in 2011, wow. in 2018, after was that seven years? Yeah. Nobody was watching. Hmm. I mean, we had 30,000 subscribers, which is nothing to sneeze at. Right. But we'd get, you know, like views of like 400, 500, a thousand, even still some of those have nothing on them. Wow. And then we said, maybe we need to change this concept. Let's, let's get rid of the, the podcast part. I don't think it works in this environment or maybe not yet. We'll concentrate on cooking. And those videos could have been an hour, hour and 15 minutes long. So we shortened them. They're all somewhere around, I'd say from 10 minutes now to 20 minutes generally. So we go from 30,000 subscribers in July or May of, of 2018 to a million in August of 2019. Wow. We basically gained a million in a year. And then August of 2019 to August, 2020, we gained another million. We're at 
2.8 something now. And by August of this year, we'll, we'll be at 3 million. It's just crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff. It's wild that here you are, same personality, same brand, yeah. same thing, cooking. Yeah. Uh, you changed the length of the videos and it made all the difference. That's why. I think it made it much more accessible. Yeah. Much more watchable. I don't know. I want to sit down and watch an hour's worth of something on my computer or on my phone. Mm. But we also started really paying attention to who was watching of this almost 3 million, 85% or guys, I said, between the 1844. And you know, before I would show up for a shoot and I'd be like, oh, what do I feel like cooking today? And I might open the, the pantry and go, ah, there's a, there's a head iceberg. I got some bacon. Let's make an old school wedge salad. I'll make some blue cheese, whatever, right? There was not a whole lot of thought to it. Mm -hmm. And now there's thought to it. So now yeah. we put up a video and an okay one within a few days will get 200,000 views. Oh a good one in a Damn. week will get, you know, five, 600,000. We did one on a, a Mediterranean chicken sandwich. It's just a great marinade, uh, cooked super hot on the grill. So you get some beautiful crispy edges, but we made our own naan too in the little sauce. So that together, that thing's now is two weeks old. It started, I don't know, like a million five views or something, which is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, but let's face it, Sam. I mean, anybody can get on there and make a video about how to make a Mediterranean sandwich, but yeah. San Diego fell in love with you and your personality and your oh, so likability nice. and your down to earth. No, but I mean, that's, that's really what people connected with and having all those videos, even the longer ones, yeah. it gave everybody a chance to get to know you so that when you go and you, you know, go on this new adventure with the little Italy food hall, everyone like, can't wait to support you because you are, we feel like you're ours. Like, you belong to San Diego. No, you that's know? it's. You've said such nice things. I would like to be able to call you every morning when I wake up and just get a little pep talk <laughs> to start I my day. <laughs> Look, I, I'm under no delusion that everybody uh, in the world loves me. Um, yeah, we have a lot of followers. We've got a great fan base, and, and the restaurants benefit from it, and the books, and all that. You know, whatever stuff we sell, it's all good. But there's absolutely people that don't particularly like me all that much and it might be a jealousy thing you know i've been a cook slaving away for 20 years was this guy with no freaking training now he just shows up and all of a sudden everything's <laughs> roses for him this guy dumps mashed potatoes this into a does. tortilla but, and now i'm but, <laughs> <laughs> but i think the one thing that you can say about that that no one can say about me is that i'm i'm either fake i'm phony or there's two versions of me my right. wife, Kelly, would say, if you like me on YouTube or on TV, you'll like me off because I'm the same person. Right. She also says, if you hate me on TV or YouTube, <laughs> you'll hate me off because I'm the same person. Yeah. It's good just having one version of yourself. I remember years ago, a guy in the knife business uh, who supplied knives to lots of very famous uh, cooks and stuff on TV said... If you think the people you see cooking on TV are the same when they get off camera, he goes, they're not. You're the same. He goes, it's yes. weird that you are so much the same. He goes, but other people, Bobby Flay, Rachel Ray, Alton Brown, all these guys, there's one of them on and then there's another of them off. It's yeah. funny, Sam. You know, I'm a big fan of cooking in these cooking shows. And and, yeah. and, uh, and when they shifted to doing more reality, like competition shows, and the people that used to just talk to the camera while they cooked were now being followed with cameras and you saw their real personalities, you could absolutely see 
you can absolutely see you're like, oh my god, Giada's a bitch. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was this, wondering if look, you were gonna say I that. mean, look at this whole Ellen thing, right? You're like the sweetest, happiest, most fun party girl on the planet. And then the audience leaves and she walks backstage and you're not allowed to look at her. And it's a hostile environment. I mean, I don't know how much of that is true, but I think enough that enough people came out and said, oh yeah, it's been ugly here for a while. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny because, it, you know, if you had to guess who is the most successful guy, I, well, statistically true, on Food Network, and I happen to know guy, and he, he is the See, one. See, that's exactly, exactly what I would have thought. Exactly what I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And uh, so I saw, I saw Elton Brown at a, a giant food convention in Chicago once. Uh, and he was standing in the middle of like this, you know, one of those giant convention halls and his arms crossed and he was looking around and his entire body dripped with, if you get one inch closer, anybody, I'm going to hit you. Yeah. I don't want to be nice. I don't want to talk. I don't want you coming. And you would never have approached him. You could just feel the vibe. I had him on over the phone as a guest one time. Yeah. And, and he had the exact same vibe. And in fact, at one point I referenced something from a book and he goes, oh, I'm surprised you hear you say that. I didn't think radio personalities read books. And I was like, oh, what an a-hole. He's an okay. a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he had this okay. policy for a while. I'm, I guess it's changed maybe in the early days of phones. He wouldn't allow his picture to be taken with a phone. Oh, it has to be taken with a good camera. I mean, come on, dude, get the stick out of your ass right now. <laughs> right well, now. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I've always, I remember when I first moved to San Diego, the first time I was flipping through the channels and I saw you on TV and I stopped cause I like cooking shows and you dropped food on the floor oh, and you yes. picked it up and you rinsed <laughs> it off. And I was like, who is this maniac? And that who was doesn't it. Do like, that? You show me, look, the only people that don't do that uh, are people that, uh, that cook on television. Well, so that's me, but, but they wouldn't even show it falling. Right. I met a guy, his job was a follow along cook for the Rachel Ray show. So as Rachel Ray was slicing a, a chicken breast to butterfly it the exact same time, he was doing the exact same thing with identical ingredients in case she burned it. He could bring out the exact same pot with the chicken, with the breadcrumbs and the Parmesan crispy to that point and just swap it out. The cooking equivalent of a stunt double. I've never heard of that. She cut herself. I read in an early one of her shows now hard to make fun of her. She's really successful and and it's done very well, but yes, I'd like to, but she cut her (laughs) finger once (laughs) in (laughs) once. And so they stopped the, the taping. They uh, fixed it, crazy glued it because you can do that. So they crazy glued it probably put some makeup on back the tape up a couple seconds and then continued like it hadn't happened. So now, you know, I'm on TV. I cut myself. I remember an episode. I spent the next five minutes with a giant wadded up ball of paper towels in my hand because it wouldn't stop bleeding. Right. And we didn't show the blood. It's kind of gross and stuff. But if I drop something, (laughs) if I cut myself, if I burn myself, we leave, we leave that stuff in. I've always thought it was just stupid me and, and I do that anyways, but I can't tell you how many people come up and point out that nonsense and go, that's the stuff that makes it, makes us feel like it's okay to make mistakes. But the beauty of that is that, you know, cutting yourself and then 
showing the whole process of dealing with it is actual reality, which is now the opposite of what they do on these cooking shows. Every show has to have some plot now. They can't just cook. It's like, grandma's coming over with her best friend, and it's going to be the first time. They, you know, I don't care about any of this I, nonsense, look, I, and I know it's not real. How about Ina Garten and Jeffrey? <laughs> yes, oh, I was freaking just Jeffrey. Say. She's uh, Jeffrey, like, Jeffrey's upstairs taking a bath right now. Right. And, and Jeffrey gonna... Jeffrey walks in and she's like, I've made your favorite dinner and the Johnsons are here and we've gathered flowers and it's a, a beautiful. And he's like, oh, I didn't know. This is great. And how lovely and stuff. Come on, man. Quit dragging out freaking Jeffrey. It's enough with him. I know. And, and honestly, if he was eating all the stuff she's making just for him, he'd be morbidly obese by now. It's not happening. <laughs> no. Jeffrey's having three sticks of butter a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well uh boy sam it's always so fun to talk to you and we're Thanks so uh honored to call you a friend no absolutely and uh thank you for taking the time and, and and just to go full circle we wanted to get caught up with you as one of the people that make san diego awesome but we wanted uh, to encourage people to check out uh the little Italy food hall as a place it. that makes san diego awesome put it on your i'm going out into the world bucket list and put it near the top and go do you it you don't have to wait to have uh, relatives in from nebraska to go see stuff that you haven't seen. It's really good, really healthy to have things to look forward to. And then go see it. And look, if you hate Little Italy, if you hate me, uh, you don't want to come down there, then go find another part of San Diego to uh, take advantage of. There's, It's gorgeous everywhere here. I love this city. It's amazing. It. Yeah. You're the best, man. Thanks for taking the time. You guys are awesome. Thank you. There you go. I have a feeling this is going to happen a lot with this podcast, but uh, that episode made me hungry. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Where are we meeting up next? Exactly. Well, thank you for listening. If you have a minute to leave a review, reviews help more people listen. And the more people listen, the longer we can do this. And uh, we're having a great time doing it. Thank you. See you guys next time.